Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. What if investing in each other could change the world? I'm Joel Skeen with bizradio.us, and this is the Mindful Marketplace. Welcome back. Today is uh, the second half of a very special conversation that I'm getting to have, one that means a lot to me um, with Meredith Ellison and Whitney Zay of Quility Insurance and Symmetry Financial Group based here in Western North Carolina. Uh, Before we dig back into it, do just want to give you all a quick um, update and um, really just an announcement. Um, You may have heard so far, but if you haven't registered, um, take a look and get registered for the upcoming free event that the Mindful Marketplace is doing in conjunction with Biz Radio US um, called the Community Financial Education Course. The purpose of this event is to help teach um, families, homeowners, and small businesses just a lot of financial um, basics that we really should have been taught in school and that most of us never really got taught. Um, I saw it was cool. My home state of Michigan just passed a law saying that financial literacy has to be taught in high schools. But for a lot of us, that was never the case when we were going to school. So we'll be hearing from several different speakers, including Alex Cardona of the Golden Key Radio Hour, um, Michael Dietrich Chastain, CEO of ARC Integrated, Justin Schaefer, who is risk management at Capital um, uh, the Cap. Uh, no, uh, Capital Investments, and Joel Edelson, who is a debt elimination specialist with Symmetry Financial Group. Um, So register for that. It's coming up on March 14th um, in the evening, 6 to 7.30. You won't want to miss it. It is a free event, but space is limited. So we need you to register either on my website or through the Biz Radio US calendar. Um, And getting back into our conversation that I just want to dive back into and kind of uh, cut the preliminaries here too. If you didn't listen to the first episode, please go back on whichever platform you listen to, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, um, and listen to part one of my conversation with Meredith and Whitney. Um, we are we talked a lot about um, kind of corporate culture, um, how they have really used creating a positive, empowering, and um, supportive culture to help grow their company. And the company has grown so much. Um, It's been on Inc. Magazine's fastest growing companies list, six years running now. Um, And this time today, what what I wanted to dig in with them on is really this idea of, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about the idea of corporate responsibility. And sometimes it, um, I don't know about you guys, uh, but it does seem to me like sometimes corporate responsibility ends up just being one of those things that gets put on a website for PR purposes. But then there are other companies that seem to actually truly embody um, taking care of their people and taking care of the community that they are a part of, you know, kind of realizing that, you know, they... It's, it's about giving back because the community has given to us. And that's one of the things that I really noticed when I first got introduced to Symmetry Financial back in 2015 was that the owners and the leadership that were put in place really did. This was a this was a real um, this is a real thing. This wasn't just something that was being said so that they could say that they did it. Um, and so first, I'll welcome you guys back in Meredith and Whitney. Thank you so much for joining us here again today. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. So I want to start with that, that kind of question, I guess, um, you know, when you, when we think about this kind of corporate responsibility sort of being baked into who you guys are, um, I guess I want to start first with kind of internally, um, one thing that we've talked about on this show before for a little bit has been the idea of shared ownership amongst companies. And one thing that I saw that I didn't, I've never found in the financial services industry outside of y'all is, um, is actually an emphasis on sharing ownership with, um, the agents that they have with the sales team and also with the corporate staff. Um, why has that been important to, um, to symmetry and to quality here is to actually share ownership rather than kind of hoard it? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to that real quick. You know, I mean, our tagline, and it, we, we didn't want it to just be a tagline. We wanted to, to live it and breathe it with sh- uh, sharing the wealth of opportunity here. Um, and hopefully, you know, we've put in systems, contracts, um, ways that have solidified that tagline. Um, and so the business and, and kind of the company we came from, what we found is, is the very top uh, was able to kind of keep growing and keep making money, but it was at the risk of everyone else. And we knew there was just, there's enough to go around, right? There's just enough to go around. And I think so many times we, scarcity sets in when we feel like the pie is only so big and that there's only so many pieces to cut out of the same pie where our core value and kind of focus is, well, let's just grow the pie. So there's more to hand out. And so um, we've been able to do that through agency owner contracts, um, through equity appreciation rights, through some different um, platforms we've been able to put in our company. As the company's grown, we mean the pie has grown and there's more to share. Yeah. Love that. Wait, anything you wanted to add there? No, I mean, that was, that was beautiful. I mean, being on the other side of it, Meredith, as a as a founder and me as being a part of that system, being a part of why, you know, one of the reasons why they did that. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it meant a lot. And we were, we were there before that existed. And then we were there when, when the rollout happened and um, you know, it's, it's just been really awesome to be a part of a company that, uh, that, that believes in that. And, um, you know, like she said, they were part of one where the model wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. And so grateful that they were able to, you know, to build one that did work that way. Um, and it's a, it's been an, I think it's a big part of why we've grown. I mean, people are attracted to companies that, that want to take care of their people. Yeah, it seems to me to to just make sense long term. I think that was one of the biggest differences that you know even even back when I worked in nonprofits when I was a social worker, you know the the goal of what we were trying to do help people feed people house people I was fully aligned with, but it did feel like even in that world where we know the whole goal is to help the community and help people, it did still feel like the people doing the work the workers. Um, whether it was the social workers or the administrators or, you know, whoever it might be, were kind of seen of as sort of dispendable. You know, it was like it, it, we were always asked to do more with less. We were, you know, I was barely making enough as a social worker to not need the food bank that I was running. Um, and so, but that always seemed like a very short-sighted way to approach business, you know, and that's when I, when we talk about how do we, you know, what if investing in each other can change the world. A big part of that to me, if you're a business owner is actually invest, seeing your people 
as profit. I talked to Drew McClure about that a few weeks ago, about how seeing that your people actually are your profit. They're not the thing that's standing in the way of your profit. Do you guys resonate with that? Absolutely. And, and Meredith and I talk a lot about that, um, you know, that it is it is the the duty of the for-profit companies. You know, Joel, I was in the same situation. Doug and I were in nonprofits for our whole careers leading up to this. And, um, and then, and now we're in a for-profit company and we're getting to see both sides and it, it is our, it is our role. And we see this as the future for all businesses and in any industry that it is our role to pour back into the nonprofit. We need the nonprofits to be what they are and to be run in the ways that they are, but we need to be able to support them. Um, just for that reason that you said, Joel, you were running it, barely able to, you know, you needed the services of your own, of your own uh, uh, nonprofit. And that's the case we're seeing, you know, across the board. And so we, we need to be, uh, you know, have a corporate responsibility uh, and we need that to take off in, in every industry across the world. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, Joel, but, you know, 2023, the power and resources and influence in our world is through for-profit company. It's just where it, this is where the that's where the energy is. And so, not only what an not only what a responsibility for for-profits, but what an opportunity for for-profit companies to step in and to understand we have the ability to truly make a difference and kind of be the change we want to see in our world because that's where the resources are. So it's exciting, it's empowering, and it's such an opportunity for for-profits. And I say this all the time, it's not like we're the first ones to the game. There's thousands of companies, conscious companies out there doing this. And we just feel so honored to be a part of that movement and to continue to learn and grow that we're not there yet, that we have a lot to learn and a lot more areas that we want to focus on in the years to come to, to grow that responsibility. Yeah. And I really like Joel, when you said that, um, you know, we don't want this to just be a stamp, right. That we put on a website on our website that says we do this and um, that's something we talk about that a lot. This this needs to be authentically driven. And yes, we want to share what we're doing, right? But not so that we can get on those top lists, right? That's not why we're doing it. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that truly is who we are. Yeah, because, you know, like we said, is there's there's a couple different ways to sort of change the way that things happen. You know, you could, you could obviously, people could obviously, um, you know, advocate for rule changes basically is one, you know, with laws and your state government or federal government or your local government and say, Hey, you have to abide by this way and you have to give back this much, or I don't know, whatever it might be. But there's also, uh, you know, what you guys were talking about with the ripple model in the previous episode, and please go back and listen if you haven't, um, it seems like it's also about, you know, we can also change norms by setting a new example. We can also, if it becomes um, just the norm because someone, because successful companies have set a good example of how to give back to the community, that then other other companies want to do the same, there's power in that as well. 100%. And whether it's millennials or Gen Zs or, or, or any, they, they're they're going to demand that of for-profit companies, which is such a gift. And so, um, so I just love where, where we're headed. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Wanna... That's a great point. When we when we're doing any hiring, the hiring right now, the Ripple model, all of this information that we've been sharing on the previous episode and, and today, that is what seals the deal for everybody we're hiring right now. And that tells you, just like she said, that Gen Z population, that millennial population, that that is what they're looking for, and it is going to drive where this. Yeah. I think I'm technically a millennial. I'm like you close are. to that, that that Gen X border. I, I feel the Gen X in me. I think each generation is like a meshing of the two on either side of it, you know? And it's like so I'm I I, I feel right stuck in the middle there. Um I um I so so let's let's talk about how you guys are actually doing that. So when we're talking about community engagement specifically, you know, we've talked kind of a lot about what it's like internally within with inside the company, you know offering ownership, creating a positive, supportive culture, encouraging women in leadership, um, all of these, you know, encouraging personal growth um, and, and giving people a platform and a, and a guide, even coaches to help do that. Um, but when it comes to with the, the larger community, you know, what are you guys most excited about or most proud of that Quility and Symmetry Financial have done for either the community at large, but also really specifically? I like that we continue to get creative and, and curious about how to do this well, that we, um, that we learn, we listen. Um, you know, we, the pandemic was an interesting time, um, you know, to give back, right? And the world has kind of shut down. And at that point, it's, it's like you're kind of writing a check here and there and you're not able to be as engaged as you were. And so we we kind of pulled back for a little bit and were able to look at how we were doing things before. And then oddly enough, we were one of those companies that in the pandemic grew uh, tremendously, especially uh, on the corporate side and really on the agent side, too. And um and so we had to we had to do things differently and we had to look at it as almost um, like pods. That's kind of how I think of our company now. We are this we have this this big uh, umbrella of culture, right, that sits up at the top. And we have these pods all over the country. I mean, our agents are already set up that way. Um, if we have 5,000 plus agents all over the country and all kinds of cities, and then we have 220 staff members spread out all over. We have we have pods of culture, and and it's kind of cool that we're using Ripple because we can ripple it down, right? We're we're rippling from the top, we're dripping it down. So we we've had to get creative, and we within these pods, there's little subcultures that are happening, right? And so yes, we're able to give back from uh, the local area here in Asheville, which we call Quality Headquarters, right? So we have our own. Uh, little pod here of corporate staff. We have our own pod of agents that live in this area and we all come together around some things here locally. Right. And then we have some more bigger national initiatives where we can pull uh, everybody in. And then we have a few little international things that uh, we like to dip our toes in. Um, but from a, from a local perspective, we are, we're really big on, on two, um, two initiatives, housing, uh, certainly, we are we are in the industry of protecting uh, homes, right? Mortgage protection, and uh, we, we we see that value of, of of the home and what that does for people. So we uh, we support several organizations here um, that are providing housing here in Asheville. We have over 500 people a night uh, on the streets, which is 
a very large number for um, the size city that we have. Uh, so it's a, it's a real issue here. Um, we also really pour into food equity, um, you know, covering those, those basic needs for people, um, food and housing, we feel like is, is a great place to start, right? Um, so we've, we've worked with some incredible organizations here, Homeward Bound. Um, uh, we work with Beloved. Uh, we work with Bounty and Soul. Um, and, and again, you know, we said this in the earlier podcast, but, but relationships are, are, is where it starts, right? We, we start with a relationship. We build a relationship with these organizations. We understand what is needed. 95% of the time, it is a financial need, right? And, and we know that, that we can do that. But there are a lot of needs out there that we can provide. Um, and, you, and you get creative on that. For example, we have um, an incredible AV department within our company, uh, an audiovisual department. And one of the ways that we give back to our local community partners is um, through that AV department. We're able to partner with um, local organizations that need some marketing materials. Uh, they need to bring some uh, attention to get some financial help, to get some volunteer help. And our team, our AV team, has plugged in with almost all of our main partners in one way or another to provide that kind of material for them at no cost. Um, so a way for us to give back uh, just kind of in a different level. Uh, another thing that, that we um, are excited about is we, we bring Ripple to our nonprofit partners as well. So as we know, nonprofits are at high risk for burnout. And when you're thinking about... Uh, yes. Yes. Personal, <laughs> yes. Right? So that, that personal growth and well-being piece, um, empowerment, um, those those parts of the Ripple model are, are very, very valuable for, for mm -hmm. nonprofits. And again, for them to, let's say, have a retreat and pay for somebody to come in, that's that's a tough thing to do. And a lot of times, Joel, you know this, Meredith and I know this from, from working and being in nonprofits, there's not even time to take out to do those kinds of things for themselves. But when you're offering it to them and you're saying, we're going to do this for you, we want to do this for you and come in and help your organization and there's no cost. When you say no cost, their, their, their wall comes down a little bit and they're going to make the time. And so we've been able, we've been able to um, consult and work with, again, many of our main um, partners and, and really hope to be able to pour into them even more um, on these things. And it's something that Meredith and I love to do. And it's a way for us to, it's a way for us to give back and, um, and, and, and still be a, a part of that ripple effect. Yeah. The only thing I'll add what so beautifully said is just, you know, it's important to take care of people that are taking care of people, right? Mm -hmm. and so that's part of the relationship piece that, that we want to grow here is how can we support, take care of, nurture, especially our nonprofits and help broaden their vision, broaden their inspiration of that sufficiency versus scarcity and understanding that it's about taking care of their people first. Well, then their people, it'll be more sustainable. 
Yeah, I, I love that you said that, Meredith, both uh, everything that both of you guys said there, um, you know, taking care of people who take care of people is so needed and it often gets so neglected. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of a quote, because I think if we are going to create this, you know, we talk about the mindful marketplace as being more of a direction than a, than a place that we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the quotes that I heard that I feel like really kind of helps me understand that is it has to be something external, but it also has to be something that is internal, that I decide to do my part along the way. And that's that, um, you know, we must not only ca- uh, relieve the suffering caused by oppression, but we also must relieve the suffering that causes oppression within ourselves. And, um, you know, I guess one question I might be asking, because a lot of the people who listen to this are kind of more in startup businesses. They they haven't gotten to the point where you all have, where you're, you've seen this huge success, both not just locally, but even more so kind of nationwide. And they might be thinking like, well, I'm going to give back to my community, you know, once I, you know, once I hit my, my, my target goals, or once I hit my million dollars, or once, you know, whatever the thing is, then I'll have enough resources and money to be responsible and give back to my community and start that giving. Um, What would you, how would you, how would you respond to that if someone said that that's, that's their plan? Yeah, I would take it as we were in that situation. Doug and I, both being in nonprofits for so long, um, financially, we weren't able to give back in, in, in the way that we can give back now. And we, we've always looked at it, um, you know, you can start in those earlier years, you can almost start with like a percentage and it can be a little bit if, if financially, if that's what you want to do, if that's what dri- is driving you and, and start with a percentage. And it is really fun to watch that grow as you grow. And I remember one year when we, um, I had, I think I was doing my taxes and I was able to tell Doug, I was like, oh my gosh, look how much we gave back. And it was this percentage that we just watched grow over the years. And it just happened to really pop one year. And it was so exciting to be able to share that piece with him and that we had, you know, gotten to a place financially where, where we could do that. And at the beginning that that number was so, so small. Right. And um, so I think starting with the percentage, if, if that financial piece is, is important to you, but the the time and 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 your skill set, your resources and skills that you could give back, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are your passions? Don't just get involved with an organization that's two miles down the road and you see it. Like dive in and and, and get to know yourself and what really fills you up. And, um, you know, what organization you're going to really align with and where you could where you could share your passions and maybe some skill sets and you can give back your time. These organizations, they need people's time. Yes, we need the finances. And that is where these big um, these big businesses, I think, can come in and play huge roles. But as individuals, we can play such a huge role in our time and our presence. And we are moving so fast in this world, right? And especially as entrepreneurs and and trying to start businesses, and sometimes that's the only focus you have. But I'm telling you, in order for your business to grow, it is so important to have this other thing feeding your soul, feeding yourself so that you can then pour into the business more. If all you're doing is pouring into business and not able to give back, again, that's that abundance 
cycle. Abundance is not just the money coming in. Abundance is time. Abundance is energy. And whatever you have coming in, we've got to be able to push some of it out so that we can then pour into all the areas that we need. And having that balance of, of being a part of something that's outside of of you that's outside of your business, it, it's, it's, it's going to help you tremendously. Yeah. Well, you guys, I'm so glad we had you on because I really see symmetry, quality, and you two really, you know, spearheading this as being that example, um, creating that ripple and that it spreads out and a little good can go a long ways. So thank you guys so much, Whitney Zay and Meredith Ellison for joining us here today. Listen to this episode as well as all the others and other great shows on Biz Radio US at bizradio.us. Also, you can find me at mindfulmarketplaceshow.com. Uh, looking forward to seeing all of you next week here on the show. Take care of yourselves and make sure to take care of someone else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.